Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, shalom, shalom. Everyone in the Lord, shalom, blessing, peace from the Lord, peace from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What What a wonderful time we are in. Although it feels uh, hard and difficult uh, many times. But you and I are living in an appointed time according to the word of God. And that appointed time that you and I are living in, it is God's perfect timing. We are living in God's perfect timing. And we're going to go into the word and we're going to go over this in the word of God, brothers and sisters. How wonderful it is, the timing of God, and the timing where you and I are living are very special timing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And as we understand the timing, hallelujah, the appointed time of God tonight is going to leave you with a a clear understanding. Praise the Lord, the time that we're in how wonderful it is for you and I to be at this time. And we were chosen, we were selected by God to be at this time. And if we, if we are grateful in this timing, because God had everything planned for you and I, thank you, Lord. And, and if we are obedient, we will enjoy the good of the land. At this timing, you and I are in. Thank you, Lord. God has so much in store for you and I, but obedience is required, brothers and sisters, of you and I. Thank you, Jesus. This is not time to go back to sin. This is not time to backslide. This is not time to walk backwards. This is the time to move forward in the Lord. This is the time to keep our eyes on Jesus. Promises are in his word. And this is why we need to dig into his word and, and search them out and learn about them and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Because I'm telling you, praise the Lord, as we learn to the word, the mystery of God will be revealed as we dig into the word, as we go into the word. Brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We are blessed in Christ. That is a for sure word. Amen. Okay, here is Daniel in Daniel 10. Daniel, right now in this chapter, is in the same position many of the people of God are today. They want to know when will Jesus return. They, they, they are receiving dreams. They are receiving revelation. The Lord is showing them the signs of the end. He's revealing all these mysteries. Daniel, at this time, don't understand all, which is fine. You don't need to understand all. It is fine for you to understand in part. 
to know in part, because we know in part this for to the Corinthians. It's okay. It's fine. Nothing wrong with you. Don't let the devil tell you, oh, you only know so little. Uh, don't let him put you down. Thank you, Jesus. Don't let anyone put you down. It's okay to know in part. It's in the word of God. You don't need to understand the full picture. Thank you, Lord. And if you knew the whole picture, it may not even be good for you. Praise you, Lord. What God has given us, brothers and sisters, shalom. What God has been given us so far, it is for our own good. Everything works for the good to them that love him. Thank you, Lord. That's what it says. Thank you, Jesus. So much prophecies are coming alive. So much mysteries are being revealed. And praise God for that. Humble yourself even more. Glorify him even more for what God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty Lord, we bind the strong man and all hindering spirit for not this obvious went up and down. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask you to send 900 billion trillions of angel, Lord, for not this obvious went up and down. To clean out my house, my home, the air, this office, everyone house, everyone home, everyone lost in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, mighty Lord, mighty God. Clean out the air, cover everyone listening, cover their lives, Lord. I hold my office. Everyone listening, my brothers and sisters, under the blood of Yeshua, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jehoshua, said on the cross, in Jesus' name, we pray to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No weapon formed against Hallelujah, us shall prosper. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I've wakened your people to the hour, to this appointed time, this precious time. Thank you, Jesus, that you and I are in in these last days, last hour, brothers and sisters. My goodness, what a time. You and I are in. Thank you, Jesus. And wait until we share the word, the time you were in. It's so special, but a lot of people don't know, don't understand. Praise the Lord, but it's in the word of God. It's in God's word. It's in his holy Bible. Thank you, Jesus. And we're going to go into the holy Bible and see it. Thank you, Lord. And, and for us to know and to understand even more, thank you, Jesus, to the timing. What am, brothers and sisters? Thank you, Lord. We need to be so grateful. Thank you, Lord, because God loves us so much. He truly God lost us so much, brothers and sisters. Daniel 10, 1 says, hallelujah, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. Thank you, Lord. And the thing was true. Of course it was true. It came from God. You're not going to receive no false, no deceiving, and no lie from God. When it comes from God, it will always be true. It will always be true. You can, you can always trust the Lord. You can always trust the Holy Spirit. You can always trust God. Thank you, Jesus. It's, God is not questionable. Everything else, but not God. Jesus is not questionable. The Holy Spirit is not questionable. Everything else is, but not God. God is true. God is true. Always have that in your heart, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. You can discern the things of God, and God can confirm them to you. But God is not questionable because God is always true. He's always true. His word is true. When you start questioning without and unbelief, I mean, 
that's when people get in trouble because people say, well, everything is questionable. I need to, you know, and then they go into without unbelief and they don't get what they need to get because you're doubting, doubting Thomas. Praise God for the mercy of Jesus in the life of Thomas, brothers and sisters. But Jesus said, blessed are those that believe without seeing. You see, that's how God wants us to walk by faith, not by sight. Praise the Lord. I, I heard a teaching saying that Thomas was the type of a Jew that needs to test things before he goes into it. Brothers and sisters, that is power and unbelief. That's what Jesus said it is. And when people come this way to me, when they doubt and I believe, I'm not going to give them the time of the day in regards to wasting my time doing that because there's so much we can be doing, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We can help people to a certain level, but when they get into doubt and unbelief, it's between them and them and God. We have to pray for them. Thank you, Lord. For spending time and time and time, the Lord will rebuke you for that. He has done that to me. He'll rebuke you for, for you getting into down unbelief. Because if, if you eventually are counseling someone and you're helping someone, that person will always be down unbelief. And you don't take a step back, it's going to get to you. And that happens to so many people in the ministry today for many years now. And if you don't learn to take a step back, they're going to draw you. They're going to bring you down. That's what they're going to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so you need to learn to take a step back. Praise the Lord. When someone takes a step to believe, that's when someone you can work with that person. Thank you, Lord. It's like a teacher. You go to, you go to college to learn. You step with a teacher. But let's say you don't believe anything he's telling you. The teacher is going to look at you and see that you're questioning everything you're telling him. But you're not questioning to learn. You're questioning Actually, not to learn, to reject it. The teacher is going to say, I'm not going to waste my time with you. So to walk away from that because, praise the Lord. In this walk with the Lord, if we don't learn to discern what is of God and what is not of God, hallelujah, people are going to come and bring you down. Don't let them do this. It don't matter if it's your best friend, your, your fleshly brother or sister. You need to take a step back and pray. Let the Lord work in their life. It's not mean that you're giving up on them. Because some people, that's how they see it. No, that's not what it means. You let, you're, you're going to God for God to work with them. It's why you're doing Now you're completely giving them to God. All this is, you give them to the Lord completely. You're not giving up on them. Like some, some, some people may say, oh, you're just giving up. No, you're not. You're recognizing that God can do anything, and you're giving it to God. You're praying for that person. And believe me, sometimes prayer is the best thing you can do for someone. Because some people have tried to minister to certain people. They have given them years, and they find out that many years that nothing got accomplished in their life until they give them to God and they pray. They know that in a few months, that person's life has been changed. Some people don't understand the power of prayer. The power of prayer is so powerful. The prayer of the righteous avail much. But if, if someone is taking all your time, you won't even have time to, to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Learn to give your family to the Lord, your friends, 
people that may not believe, people that may become, become atheists. Thank you, Lord. Don't let them bring you down because the devil will use them against you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And the thing was true. By the time appointed was long. So at this time, two years, two thousand years prior to Jesus, or a thousand, some people say, uh, it, a thousand years is a long time. Daniel was receiving, brothers and sisters, was not for his timing, but for the time after him. Amen. But Daniel was still seeking God. But the time was uh, appointed was long, and he 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 understood the thing. He had understanding of the vision. Hallelujah. And so Daniel was blessed. He, he understood the vision. He understood what God was revealing to him. Praise the Lord. And why did Daniel understand it? Because he was seeking God about it. He was going to God in fasting and prayer was his life. If you read the prior chapter, you'll notice that. How Daniel was seeking God. He was seeking God in fasting and prayer. A lot of people have not learned this. It's all over the word, the Bible, how they saw God in fasting and prayer. And a lot of people have not learned this process, how to see God in fasting and prayer. They think that by going on YouTube, by searching every website up there, they're going to get it. They're going to understand. And they'll do all this, and they end up more confused, hallelujah, than what they begin with. God have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. For three full weeks. He didn't got this in half an hour in a couple of days. These were three weeks of crying out to God, seeking the presence of God, seeking to understand the vision, seeking to understand what God was showing him. Praise the Lord. I know that most of the time when I'm seeking something like this, actually it takes three weeks. To me, that's a confirmation. Shalom, Israel. That is a confirmation to him. Because sometimes that's what it takes, three weeks. Hallelujah. Three, four weeks is Daniel. Not, not, not two and a half weeks, three, four weeks. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I ain't no flesh and bread. Neither came out of the flag, no wine in my mouth. Neither... Then I know myself idle till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. So before the three weeks, he did not anoint himself. But after, he means he did. He did anoint. That was a tradition in the older time. And I don't know why people change that tradition. I, I anoint myself with oil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Holy uh, virgin oil. And you don't understand how powerful it is. Thank you, Lord. He says, I ain't no flesh and bread, no food, no food at all. Neither came uh, my flesh wine in my mouth. Uh, he leaves the water open. He doesn't talk about water because they have water. They have wine. It's a tradition of the Jewish people. Bread, unleavened bread, then uh, water, liquid, and then or, or, a wine was part of the meal. So he didn't take no wine, but he didn't say he didn't take no water. Hallelujah. He did not anoint himself for this three weeks. Praise the Lord. So they will fulfill. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It was it was uh, uh, not anointing himself. Was, it's, it's like showing the seriousness of Daniel to know and to understand what God was showing him. He was very committed, is the word. Very committed is what he meant. He said, it's what he meant to say 
that he did not anoint himself. Praise the Lord, because after a fasting, that was a tradition to anoint yourself. And it says that in the word, too. So he didn't do it. He was still committed. Dedicated is another word. Thank you, Javon. Very dedicated to the commitment to hear from God, to let God reveal to him the vision, the dream. Praise the Lord. Daniel is very committed to that. And praise the Lord for that, because that teaches us so much today. Verse 4. And the four hour and the twenty day of the first month, hallelujah, as I was by the side of the great river, which is held heavy kill, heavy kill, essentially how we say a heavy kill or heavy kill, praise the Lord. Some may say highly kill, but heavy kill, heavy kill, or heavy kill, praise the Lord. Verse 5. Then I lifted up my eyes, thank you, Lord. So he doesn't, this is why, he, he doesn't say he didn't drink water. So I, I'm thinking he did. Praise the Lord. And then, or, or could be not necessarily, uh, in, in, in chapter 1 of that, he said he drank water. But here he doesn't say he did. He made so it's, it's less open to the understanding that he did or he did not. Praise the Lord. And so in the further 20 months, uh, he was by the river heavy. So that's very important that he was by the river. Praise the Lord. Because you also see Isaiah by the river when he received one of the vision. And so uh, uh, the river, it's, it's important because also Elisha, when God spoke to him to go out of that widow home, he was also by the river. Praise the Lord. Jesus went by the river to be baptized by John the Baptist, by the river Jordan. And so we're seeing a lot of vision going on by the river. You might want to take a walk by the river. If you live close to a river while you're fasting, hallelujah, uh, amen, take a walk by the river. There's nothing wrong. I, I received uh, a, a powerful encounter with the Lord by, by the river. Well, it was actually in the river. Praise the Lord, where I drowned, and Jesus Himself came and saved me. So I'm noticing a lot of a lot of mis- mystery being re- revealed by the river. Now we also read in Genesis one that the Holy Spirit moved upon the water. Amen. So water in relationship to vision is there in the Word. We need, we need, we read it in so many chapters of the Bible, different chapters of the Bible in the Word. Uh, vision by the river, or revelation by the river. When Jesus was baptized in the, in the river Jordan by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit came as a dominant Jesus. Revelation, that talks about revelation, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. But God is also related to Noah, brothers and sisters. It, 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 it's not a coincidence that Yeshua, Jesus said later on that like it was in the days of Noah, because he started being baptized with God come on him. Praise the Lord. Showing also that the dove came from him. Uh, isn't that incredible? The dove came into Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But also the Holy Spirit came from him. He is the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord. So was he showing that the, the dove that, that, that Noah released to look for, for a branch, to look for a leaf, to see if the water has settled, was the Lord Jesus, was the Holy Spirit. Uh, praise the Lord. Amen. And you're going to learn that Jesus is more than what you heard or what have you have learned so far. He is much more, brothers and sisters. In the word of God, thank you, Jesus. Praise your Lord. He's all over the Bible. Thank you, Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, and uh, also, when Elijah was taken also in a, in a fire, a quarter of fire was also by the river, I believe it was, or, or they had crossed the river, but it was by the river. Thank you, Lord. Verse 5. And I lifted up my eyes and looked, behold, certain men clothed in linen, whose uh, Lord would gather with the, the fire and gold, and, and, and the old fox, you fox, praise the Lord. Now, he's looking at Jesus. He's getting a revelation of Jesus Christ. But the revelation he's getting of Jesus it is actually a revelation of the ark. What the high priest had in the ark. The ark was, was in the Holy of Holies, was in, in, in the tabernacle, and, and fine gold of you, Fox, as I looked it up in the Bible, praise the Lord. Let me see. You find it in Jeremiah 10. Silver being into play is brought from Parshi and gold from the Euphrax that work the workmen in the hand of the founder of blue purple and the, the clothing. They are all the work of the skilled man. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, when you hear this, hallelujah, amen, uh, uh, know that uh, it's not a coincidence. God is trying to show us something here. Amen. And he's showing us something or teaching us something about Jesus that God wants us to know about him. Because if you understand everything of the Holy of Holy, the tabernacle, it's going to help you understand Jesus. Because every every piece in the tabernacle, praise the Lord, in the Holy of Holy, talks about Jesus. He is represented in the Holy of Holy by every piece in there. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The tabernacle, praise the Lord, and everything in there talks about Jesus. Because everything was made through him. There's nothing made before him. So everything that God told Moses to make, praise the Lord, including the garment of Aaron and his son, brothers and sisters, including the garment. This is why when, when Daniel is looking at Jesus now and this revelation of him, it's talking about him this way, because everything, we, we need to learn about Jesus in this way, because it's going to teach us that everything that was made was made by him. Nothing could not be, because he is the creator, the maker of all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose lawyer is burdened with Euphrax, with going to Euphrax, his body... Also, was like Beryl, his faces are the appearance of lightning. There you go. Lightning. Remember the lightning that I seen the other night? The appearance of Jesus is also represented by the lightning. The lightning. At his coming, we're going to see the lightning. Because he's also represented by the light and the lightning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's so much about Jesus we need to learn. Thank you, Lord. His face is the appearance of lightning, his eyes as the lamp of fire. He revealed himself, himself to John, his, his, his eye with a fire, said John in the book of Revelation. Uh, John said there were a lamp of fire. Was the lamp in the tabernacle representing Jesus? Yes, it was. Thank you, Lord. 
Is is a is a lamb that represents the church also representing Jesus? Yes, it is. Huh. Thank you, Lord. That Jesus himself represents the bride. Yes, he does. Thank you, Lord. His eye has the fire in his rod and in his feet like the color of polished brass, and the voice of his word like the voice of the multitude. So he his voice sounds like the multitude. So that means he also represents he also represents the multitude. Well, that doesn't say that the body of Christ is the body of Christ. We are part of the body of Christ. We are a multitude and one, one body. He represents the multitude. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So the more we understand about Jesus, the more we understand about our own life. Our own life is revealed through Jesus. He is the mirror that you and I need to look to. That's why we are told, look to Jesus. Because when you look to Jesus, there will be times you're going to try to see him. Because you're looking at him. And all you see is your life changed through him. By him. I thank you, Lord. Our sister was taken to heaven, and she saw a pool in heaven. And an angel said to her, go, go look at that pool. And the pool she knew represented Christ. But as she looked at the pool, she didn't see Christ. She knew Christ was represented by that pool. But she looked at her whole life and started seeing things her whole life in that clear pool of things not pleasing to God. There's so much stuff that represents Christ. The sun represents Christ. The stars in heaven represent Christ. The planets in heaven represent Christ. Hmm. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Reveal Jesus to us, Father, please. Please, a little bit more, oh, Father, reveal your son to us. Please, just a little bit more, Lord. Time is so short. Time is so short. We need to know your son, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Like the voice of his word, like the voice of multitude. Thank you, Jesus. He sounds like multitude because he represents multitude. He is in that multitude. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. And I, Daniel, alone, Salvation. Praise the Lord. Because why did he say, I die in your own salvation? Because God is going to work in your life individually. Salvation is individual. God will work with you at your own level, at your own understanding. He will reveal his love to you. Praise the Lord. As you seek to know God, to know the Lord, he will begin to reveal himself to you. In such a special way that is unique, no one person experience can be compared. Millions and billions of people can experience Jesus in different ways. And not one experience is the same. It may sound the same because it is still the same Christ. But he can reveal himself to millions and billions of people in totally Unique, different way. That's why when we come together, we share the Lord. Shalom, sister. This is why when we come together, this is why we share Jesus. We share the dream. We share the vision. Because some dreams sound silly. 
Some people say, I, I can't share this with you. This is too silly. Praise the Lord. And once they share, you say, that is so powerful. And the person thinking it's so silly. And you hear it, it's so powerful. Because it's a different revelation of Jesus that you never heard before. This is why we come together as one. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, is so awesome. And I gather a long salvation. For the man who worked with me saw not the vision. For the same thing happened to Paul Saul when he was going to Tarsus. He got a full revelation of Christ of Jesus. And the rest of the men, all, all happened to them, they were blind. They didn't see what Paul saw. They saw the light, the light come on them. Why? Because the light was not ready. God was not talking to them. It was not, it was not them. He was talking to Paul. His communication was the, was the apostle Paul with Saul the Tarsus. His repenting, his salvation was there. Now, can someone else has gotten saved? Yes. Always the door is open. But it was Paul that God was working with. Thank you, Lord. Just to understand a little bit about God. And he's even more than what we think. And I, Daniel, also the vision for the man who worked with me. Hallelujah. saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to the side and hide themselves. So then, it was like they saw a ghost. And they ran and hid themselves. Um, what is this? I'm out of here. Imagine the story. Imagine if you if you had heard one of the stories, what they would say. How scary it was. Praise the Lord. For how wonderful it was to Daniel. Thank the Lord. It's relationship, brothers and sisters. It's in relationship you're going to know God. You're going to know Jesus. One and one with him. Stop trying to have a relationship with Jesus through someone else. Have it with him directly. One on one. Mano a mano, we say. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision. The giant was great. The bear was full of fear. They ran and hit themselves. Therefore, I was left alone and I saw a great vision. And there remained no strength in me. For my com- comeliness was turning me into corruption, and I, and I retained no strength. Praise the Lord. God is still working to Daniel. Daniel is not fully understanding God yet. No one does. <laughs> anyway, no one fully understands God. Praise the Lord. So Daniel, Daniel still had a lot of questions about God, about Jesus. Praise the Lord about his Savior, about his God. Praise the Lord. But when you have so much question, take them in prayer to the Lord. Take them in prayer. Don't think negative. Don't take step back. But take step forward to him. Seek him to know him better. He will give you even more. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9. Yea, you heard you heard the I the voice of his word. Yet I heard the word of his, vo- of his voice. And when I heard the voice the, the voice of his word, then I was I in a deep sleep in my face, 
and my favorite was toward the ground. So he heard the voice, but at this moment, he said he's in a deep sleep. He's so completely asleep. He, he, he was left down with no power because he's a power. Take a look. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees, and I found the palm of my hand. He was finally able to set. He was finally able to wake up, in other words, finally be able to stand. Praise the Lord. Things are becoming more clear to Daniel now as the Lord touched him, as he had his encounter with Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's like we are so full of so much that when the Lord comes to us, he has to empty us in order for us to receive, in other words. Praise the Lord. And it happens almost to everyone. We think we know, and then we find out we know not. And he has to give us the information, the revelation, the understanding. Thank you, Lord. Verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, amen, greatly beloved. You see, this is when people question their own salvation. And God says, no, you are greatly beloved. They're like, huh, you talking to me? You're inside, like, you're talking to me? I'm struggling so much. And he said, what? You greatly beloved. Never let anyone put you down. Don't let anyone bring you down or put you down with words. Praise the Lord. You are made to be encouraged, not to be brought down. That's why people, when, when uh, so much evil word is being said about them, they cannot function well. Because we are, not, we are made to be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. But we are not made to be put down. Thank you, Jesus. And God will never do that, but the devil will. And he will send people to do that to your life. Don't receive that. When someone comes with that negative, with that evil, words against your life, don't receive them. If they don't bring this gospel, this teaching to John, don't say, welcome to your house, don't receive them. Goodbye, goodbye, out of here. Good, John. Praise the Lord. Send them away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And he said unto me, this is the word of God to Danny. But it teaches us also how he feels about you and I too. And he said unto me, Oh, Daniel, he made great beloved. I understand the word that I speak unto thee. And stand upright. The God always is calling us to stand upright, to walk right with him. For unto thee I am now sent. And when he had spoken his word unto me, I stood trembling. Keep your salvation with trembling and fear. For sure. Thank you, Lord. We are called to fear God. That the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We are called to fear the Lord, brothers and sisters. And always fear the Lord. No matter what is going on in your life, always fear the Lord. It will always go well to them that fear the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is uh, Solomon. Verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy word will hate, and I have come for thy words. 
Now, he's, what is he talking about? He's talking about prayers. Prayer. When you say in your heart to pray, when you said in your heart to call unto the Lord for anything that is important to you, but you also know that it's biblical, that it's also important to God. Anything that is in the word of God is important to God. Even everything that is going on in your life is important to God because you are chosen by God. You are selected by him. You are his child. That means you are important. You are beloved. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so when you go into prayer, in that moment, your words are being heard by God. That's why don't dismay in prayer. Don't give up. God, don't give up on you. Jesus, don't give up on you. So don't you give up neither. Learn to never give up on the Lord. Set that in your heart for you to never give up. No matter what's going on in your life, never give up. You walk with Jesus. Always walk with him. Even if you have to, hallelujah, pull yourself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Work like a worm in, in the ground to the Lord. Hallelujah. But still do it however you can. Never forget to cry out to the Lord to help you. So, Lord, it is so difficult. Lord, it is so hard. He wants to hear how you feel. And always let him know how you feel. Talk to him every day. Before you go to bed, when you get up at night to the Lord, let him know how you feel. Cry out to him. Pour your heart into the Lord. Pour your sorrow, all your hurting, all your pain, all your suffering. Give it to Jesus. Don't let anyone know what you're going through, but let Jesus know. Praise the Lord. If you want someone to pray for you, just say, pray for me. But don't put all your, all your heavy weight on them, all your burden on them. But give it to the Lord every day. Learn to give Jesus all your burden. That means you depend on him. If you're not giving him your burden, you are not trusting him. Ask the Lord to help you to trust him. Give them all to Jesus. And don't worry. Hallelujah. You're not going to overwhelm him. Praise the Lord. He's all counseling. Praise the Lord. He will help you. He has a solution to every problem that you and I may have. Brothers and sisters, he's in control. In heaven and on earth, he knows what you and I can encounter. So if you go to him always, he will always help you. He will always have a solution for you and your problem. Don't matter what type of problem it is. Some people say, it is financial problem. How can I go to the Lord for financial problem? You can still go to the Lord for financial problem. Thank you, Jesus. It is like, it is, it's a psychological. You can still go to the Lord for psychological problem. Mental problem. You can still go to the Lord. Emotional problem. You can still take them to the Lord. And the Lord can still heal you. Praise the Lord. Abuse growing up. Abuse as a child. You can still bring it to the Lord. The Lord can still heal you from that. He can even do more. 
than what you're asking for. The Lord can go back into your past and heal your past as a child. And now you become healed, totally healed now in your, in your presence when you're hurting from the past. There are Christians carrying hurting from their past. Learn to give that to Jesus and ask him to go back to your past and heal you from that. And to help you forgive those that harm you, that hurt you while you were a child. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord can always go back and heal, heal you as a child. And you will be healed, and you'll be like, what? He'll make it like it never happened. You may have memory of it. You will have no hurting of it. No more. Because he already healed you. He is the Lord that healeth thee. The word of God says. He heals everyone's infirmity, everyone that's seen. When he got hold of Israel in the wilderness, he healed them from what they went through in Egypt. He healed them all. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them. They were completely healed by the power of God, by the word of Jesus. By his word, they were completely healed. That's why he did not like when they murmur. He did not like when they murmur because he healed them. The clothing on them did not broke or got old. He made sure they were taken care of spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. God took care of his people. God will take care of you and I if we learn to depend on him psychologically, emotionally. Hallelujah. Your soul, your spirit need healings. The Lord can heal you completely, totally. You can walk in total, total healing in the Lord. You don't need to be suffering. And if you are suffering, go into fasting for it. And tell the Lord you need healing. Praise the Lord and ask him for the faith. Some people focus on the need. And the need becomes before the faith. And they pray year after year, Brother Elvie. I've been praying year after year for this healing. But you forgot to pray for faith. Praise the Lord. It is by faith. Pray for the faith for you to ask. Ask. But when you ask, ask with faith. The Lord teaches us. So if you don't have the faith to ask, pray for the faith and then ask with faith. And watch how he does it. Remember what Jesus revealed to me about my family. Praying for them for over 15 years. And one day I'm talking to Jesus. And I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, how come my family? I haven't seen much happen in my family. And the Lord said, because you have, you have, I said, Lord, but I have prayed for them. Yes, he said, but not with faith. And I said, Lord, you mean to say to me that if I had asked you with faith, I, you would have saved my family already? He said, yes, I would have. I would. He never says I would. He says, I would. Thank you, Lord. I said, oh, wow, Lord. You see, we think we know, and we know not. He knows, though. That's why he's a rabbi, our teacher. He needs to teach us. He needs to teach us. And when Jesus said this to me, I said, oh, wow. I prayed all these years. I looked at my, I, I got this feeling in me, like, this sick feeling, like, I was all, all my time praying for them. 
but it was not a waste of time because I now I'm learning from the masters. Jesus repeatedly said unto me, ask me, my son, ask me. He wants to teach us, but we want to go out like we know. And that's one of the biggest mistakes we have, and that is pride. When we think we know, and don't ask the Lord who knows all. I thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said, if you ask for faith, I will, I will save them. I will save them. And I repented for asking with, I repented for my unbelief, for praying without faith. And Jesus said in his word, when people came to him asking him for a miracle, hallelujah, he said, let it be done according to thy faith. Praise the Lord. If you have faith, you're going to receive. But if you doubt, oh, God, have mercy. Because you wait, you have to wait and wait and wait. And that's what we do. Praise the Lord. Then pray for the faith that you are received. Thank you, Lord. Don't assume you already believe when you know in your heart you're gone. If your heart rebukes you, the word says, greater is God. <laughs> now you look at the earth and immediately your heart says, you don't believe. That secret voice in your heart says, you don't believe. You're doubting. And now you're knowing that. Because you think, oh, I believe. I believe pride. Pride. I believe pride. And your heart says, you don't. No, you don't. Your own mouth is telling you you don't. But you say when you live, you believe. Oh, God teaches us something, please. Please, I'm going to tell that we may walk, Lord. Teaches us, please. Praise the Lord. If your heart rebukes you, greater is God, the word of God says. Imagine that your own heart rebukes you. Your own heart is telling you you don't believe. And you're ignoring your heart. Praise the Lord. For greater is God. And so when you believe, you don't die when you pray, when you believe. You know that? How many of you know that? So people say, no, if you die, you still pray. <laughs> okay, go out with that. How hard that work in all those years? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But you will believe you will receive when you believe, truly. When you truly believe, you will receive. And that will help us so much when we know. Thank you, Lord. When the multitude came with Jesus and his disciples, Jesus said, Feed them. Lord, for we have three, three fish. Two bread and three fish, Lord. We don't have enough. We have only just five pieces. We, this is not enough. He, when he was talking to them, he was talking by faith. He was already seeing God supply, supplying the need. Jesus walked by faith, not by sight. Although he could see everything, too. But when he was talking to them, he was talking to them by faith. He was already seeing God supplying all everyone needs. When God, when Jesus looks at you, he knows God can supply all your needs. He just wants you to believe. Thank you, Lord. All right, tell everyone to say, and took the bread and the fish, and only thank God. That was a quite a different prayer than how we pray. You see how humility prays. Now I see how pride prays. God, in the name of the Lord, multiply this. Let everyone hear the cheering. Everyone can eat. Total. Totally different prayer than Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you. 
He's got to thank him, God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Totally different than us. But see, we learn. This is why we need to look at his life and learn from him, who is humble and meek. Humble and meek. You see, totally different than us. We need to learn from him. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. So we, we have an eternity we can learn. So don't worry. Don't kick yourself. We have an eternity. We will learn little by little. He'll teach us. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia restored me in one of the tw- uh, one in 20 days. But Lord, Michael, one of the chief prince, uh, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. So there was a spiritual battle going on in the spirit that a lot of people seem to ignore. They focus more on the physical than on the spiritual. We want to not against flesh and blood, first of all. Also to the Ephesians and Ephesians uh, six ten, we wrestle not against flesh or blood. Our wrestling is not actually with men necessarily, but it's more with the kingdom of Satan. The king of Persia is Satan. Him is the one we're always wrestling. He is the one coming against us always, one way or another. But if you keep focusing on men, brothers and sisters, the devil will be laughing at you. Because he is the one coming against you in the spirit. Try, trying to always hold you back from growing, from learning, from maturing in the Lord, from receiving. Daniel is waiting on God's promise for him. The devil and his demon in the air are fighting the blessing. Praise the Lord. But he did not hold the Lord back. He did not hold him back. Praise the Lord. It may seem your prayers will be on the lake, but if you stay in prayer, if you pray constantly, if you pray without ceasing, you're going to receive God's promise to your life for sure. For sure. Because God is not a man that he will lie. For the son of man, they will repent. Brothers and sisters, you will always get God's promises to your life. When you persist in prayer, when you continue to pray, when you don't give up, thank you, Jesus. Verse 14. Now I have come, up, I have come to make thee understand, especially before thy people in the last day, last day for, uh, yea, the vision is for, is for many days. Two things. When the Lord refers to the last day, last day, he says, brothers and sisters, Hallelujah, it is for many days, he says. Many days. So in the last days, it feels like it feels now. Many days that go on by. Thank you, Lord. It's even in the word of God. Many days. Some people say, I just want the Lord to come, brother Elvie. Please tell me when the Lord is coming, someone was saying to me. Praise the Lord. Have peace. Walk in shalom. That's the Lord. To give you peace. Stop, stop watching CNN and Fox News. Shut off your TV. Not looking out for the media. It's not going to give you peace. It's going to give you uh, fear and concern. But if you study your word, pray and fast, the Lord will give you peace. It's peace. That surpasses all understanding. You will not be worried or concerned. Praise the Lord. Those are the tools of Satan, worry and concern. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, the Lord says, I come 
to make you understand. But this is the problem. A lot of people think they know. Instead of asking the Lord to come and help them make them understand. Brothers and sisters, we need the Lord to come and make us understand what is going on. Because if we try to understand in our human mentality, in our common sense, we know, boy, are we going to get worried and concerned and move to the moon. They're already people buying space in Mars. They're already building a shuttle Mars in Florida. Where hundreds of thousands of people are planning to move to the planet Mars. Real estate are going for millions and billions of dollars in Mars. There's a guy who spent over a billion dollars for real estate in Mars. That's the plan of the wicked and evil. Millions of kids are dying of hunger in, in, in Africa. And this man spent over a billion dollars to the NASA to claim a property in Mars. You see how the devil works? Oh, God have mercy. God have mercy. He focused people on nonsense and foolishness. Praise the Lord. Even if they come up with a ship and, and move to Mars, they are not going to be able to live in Mars without the earth. Because on earth, God has already provided everything that man will need. And if you don't believe me, read Genesis chapter 1. Everything God knew you and I would need on earth, he already had provided a water, oxygen, brothers and sisters, the light of the sun, the perfect temperature. Yes, it might be cold in one place and hotter in another, but it's a perfect environment for you and I to live. God in his infinite wisdom thought about all the needs you and I may have. That's why we need to come to Christ, because every need you and I may have, Christ can take care of us. He is the creator. He can take care of us, brothers and sisters. That's why we need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Christ, because all our, all our need will be met in him. Thank you, Lord. And son, the Lord needs to get us out of here. The Lord needs to get us out of here very soon. Well, that's why he talked about a rapture. I cut up in the air, taken up out of here. It's already been taken care. It's already been prophesied. It's already written. That's how he's going to get us out of here. Because he knows it's going to get so bad. These people in the don't sleep. Hallelujah. Talking to these demons and creating all kinds of evil plans that is always going to fall on their own head. Praise the Lord, because instead of trusting God, they're trusting in the evil creation. And it's that the, the, the North generation destroyed themselves with their technology, with the evilness. All flesh got corrupted. What does that mean? If you, if you study the word corrupted, corruption, it goes all the way to the, to the I'm going to try to look it up real quick, brothers and sisters. It goes all the way to the core of life, to what the, to the DNA of a person. Thank the Lord. They went so deep into that evil, brothers and sisters, that they, they were inventing, they were playing with DNA. They, what they were doing, make their own body become corrupted, brothers and sisters. In another word, it makes their own body not become normal again. Normal is what a human being looks like. 
hallelujah, our body, eyes, everything. But when it says corrupted, is that it was changed. And now the way it was changed to something else. A lot of people said it was a uh, man with tiger. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, here's what the air, uh, Genesis um, uh, 6 11. And the oil also was corrupt before God, and the oil was filled with violence. So when they changed their own DNA, praise the Lord, the, whatever they make out of man and animal, whatever they mix it with, brothers and sisters, became violence. In other words, they have no control of it. That's what God is saying to us. To us. Hallelujah. The men are corrupted themselves. So what they what they mean, they have no control of it. When it became violent, that's hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. They have no control of what they mean, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. See, the second definition, the, the second birth of corruption is change. Which stand in Genesis uh, chapter six eleven. They change what God had made, the normal of a human being. So the human being is supposed to uh, walk, act, talk, and all that. Well, not anymore after they got hold of it, after they invented with their technology, after they work in human DNA, human were not the same. It was corrupted. It was changed completely. They probably looked like beasts, demons, whatever they made became violent. And they have no control of what they mean in our word. They have no control. See, God doesn't go into details. God leads them. God tells you what happened or what was the outcome of what they did. First, corrected, they change it. Second, mobilians. That means after they change humans' body or the human form, whatever they came out with became violent. So it means they have no control of what they mean. See, God has control of us through the Holy Spirit. That's why we can submit to God, we can pray, we can... But what they did became, was changed from what God made them in the beginning into what else it was, beast-like or beast behavior, but it became so evil that it became violent. And I know that it would attack anyone or it would kill anyone, brothers and sisters. They will do evil things. Whatever these, these demons, these fallen angels, these sons of God, fallen uh, angel of God did, the giant did, and they use the word giant. That is another word. If you study that word giant, if you go back to the history of the word giant, it's talking about a, a, a huge 30 feet or more gigantic person or thing. It's applied to... Any creation made so huge. So uh, whatever they made, they change it. They change the DNA. If they make huge men or huge women, giants, with their invention, and then they have no control of it. They lost total control of it. So why was it made? What was the purpose? They, they probably had a purpose for what they were doing. But it became out of control. They could not control the giant. They could not control what was happening. And they began to kill everyone. All flesh got destroyed. In other words, they began to kill humans because all flesh, all flesh became corruption. 
So they changed all, every man. There was not a single person by Noah and his family that was, DNA was not changed. We can see it today at the RFID. Brothers and sisters, the RFID is so evil. It is such an evil chip, electronic chip, that the technology they have put in there, one is it's implanted, implanted in someone's body. This is what you see, that the devil loves to work with men's DNA. Because the ship has to be implanted inside someone's body. So immediately what they're looking for, the DNA of a human being. The devil always been interested in changing the DNA from the beginning, brothers and sisters. So that's why the RFID, once it's implanted under the skin of your hand, immediately goes in contact with your DNA because the DNA is in the blood, it's in your body. And once it comes in contact with your DNA, it immediately begins to change it. It may not do it immediately, but it begins to change your DNA. And what is the outcome the Lord showed me two days ago? They change into beast, zombie, werewolf after that. Praise the Lord. After, after what? After the Holy Spirit gets taken out, who is holding it back. Holding what back? Holding them back from changing. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. He is holding it back. Actually, the Holy Spirit said to me, the Lord is. The Lord is holding them back now from them from changing into animal. But the technology for the DNA to be changed is already out there. And it's already being applied. Why is the U.S. government so willing to spend billions of dollars and to give incentive to the president of Guatemala, Central America, Europe, and the world, Obama is so interested in giving them billions of dollars in donations so they can put an RFID on their people. Why is so, he so interested? Why is he willing to give all his taxpayer money for them for free? Incentive for free. Why is he so willing? To do this and just all related to the RFID. If the RFID was not what a lot of people say is not, why is Obama in the White House? Obama alone is so interested that the world, that every single nation, he spoke in Geneva, he met with all the presidents back in Geneva two, three, two, three years ago. Three years ago exactly today, and and offer them an incentive if they would implant the RFID of their people. I'm sure they tell you it's for um, identity theft, so your information supposed to be more secure. Well, they were down study that the RFID was not 100% secure. Now the new one they came out, they say it is. Okay, so it was not for that. But other things the doctor said to the people is for your health information to be in that ship. So if something happens to you in an accident or whatever, and you end up going to the hospital, they can put your information with ease. Very easy because it's an RFID is an electronic ship. They can just scan the ship in your hand, and all your information comes out of the ship for the doctor to work on you. And they will know what kind of medication you're taking, what procedure has been done to you in the past, and all those things, according 
for the information has been released about the RFID, brothers and sisters. And another is for the New World Order, paperless society that they're coming out with, that they're saying that the nations are getting together. America wants to lead the world into a paperless society with cash money not being needs to be used anymore and just technology and electronics will be the things of the new age. It's what they're meeting and talking about in secret and in some of the meetings on television and the media, they have said this. Paperless society is what they've been, they've been talking about, it, brothers and sisters. All flesh, Genesis chapter 6, like in the days of Noah, all flesh came corrected. In other words, the, RFID, the technology of the RFID is not new, God is saying to us in this word. It is not a new technology. Because the same technology that is being used today was also used in the days of Noah. Because when all flesh came corrected, it means that the DNA normal of a human being was changed. There's nothing new to Solomon under the sun. Thank you for that, Javon. Nothing new under the sun. So God is saying to us, in the days of Noah, all flesh was corrected. All flesh was changed. All DNA was changed. So it will be so in the coming of the Son of Man. And this last day you and I are in, brothers and sisters, all flesh is becoming corrupted because the DNA is being changed. And this is why when the Lord decides to take the church out of here, people become zombie and werewolf. That's exactly what happens in the days of Noah. They became violent, just like the Lord has shown us in different dreams and visions, the people become violent, attacking other people immediately. As they change, they become attacking people immediately. Well, people are seeing in recent days, zombie attacking even in China. Because as they pray, uh, some doctors, some specialist doctors and clinics are still playing around with this stuff. And some people are being changed into zombies, eating other people. They've been caught on video and camera, brothers and sisters. My goodness, a hollow that is going on this earth right now. As the DNA of human beings are being changed, but it's nothing new. This is not new. It is old. It is older than 6,000 years old. It is in Genesis chapter 6, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Genesis 6 4 says that we're giant on the earth in those days. And also after that. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore their children to them, the same became mighty men who were above men of renown. This is when the giant came to the earth. They came to multiply themselves immediately. And their mind is, we our cities to be multiplied. There has to be many of us with these women. Praise the Lord. It's what was in their mind. But what happened after that? And God saw the wickedness of men was great on the earth. And that every imaginary of the thought of a child was only evil continuously. Why was it evil? Because everything in their mind was to change people's DNA. And to God, there's nothing more evil than that. God created man in his own image. In his own image, God created him. 
So to God, man is perfect on the day he made them. But when this evil fallen angel comes, says, no, let's change the DNA. Let's change them. Oh, God, what an abomination. They decided. God saw the wickedness of men heart was great on the earth, and that every imagining of the thought in their heart was evil, only evil continuously. This evil thought of them to change man's DNA, there is nothing worse to God than this. Nothing worse than this. From the moment the IFID was released, God was revealing to his people how evil, how evil Obama is, how evil, how evil this government is, how evil, how evil the United States of America is in the eyes of God. This has been an evil action that the Nephilim, the fallen angel did. They took this action. It was in the heart always. That's why Obama and his wife congratulate themselves. Every time there's a deer multiply, and now every PCP, every personal doctor wants to put this in your right hand and what commands it now. Brothers and sisters, this is the horror of this. To God, this is one of the greatest abominations. You should hear my father speaking to me about CERN and the evil. God, this earth is so disgusting to God right now. What they're doing to human beings on this earth, it is so disgusting to the Father. That I saw the Lord saying, Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. Continuously, Jesus kept saying, Father, have mercy. Father, have mercy. And, I, and the Father was so angry in his speech to me. So angry. He is so angry with the abomination of this earth. Changing human DNA. Praise the Lord. And God not going to allow those people to go into his heaven. The devil knows it. That's why he's doing it. This. This is why. Oh, God, have mercy. Verse 6. And the Lord repented that he had made man on the earth and they grieved him in his heart. They grieved him. You think this is not grieving Jesus? Oh, God, this is grieving Jesus. He told Samuel, I cry for this. What men have done in their invention. This has been science's invention. But it's an evil invention they have created. It changed man's DNA. Evil creation they have done. Praise the Lord, God have mercy. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy men who I have created from the face of the earth. Now look at God's action. In regard to what men have done, changing people's DNA. All places got corrected. The only one was not Noah and his family. But the rest of the earth, everyone mostly got corrected now. The Bible says all flesh. They have changed all flesh. People did not look like people no more. People were not people no more. And you know they were going to turn into zombie and werewolf. That was the only outcome. Because this is the only outcome to people in America and around the world who got the RFID. They're going to turn into werewolves and zombies. And this is not the vision. Yeah, yeah, I'll be Sapara. This is the vision of thousands of believers in Christ who are seeking the Lord with all their hearts. That the Lord has shown them in vision and dream. This happening. People changing in zombie and in werewolf. This is nothing new. This has been going on around for years in the United States. God showing that since the 40 and the 50, that in the, in the future day, they were going to come up with this technology. In process of ministry, when they heard this from the Lord, 
they were disgusted that the U.S. will be the leader in this garbage of the Antichrist. God said that one day they were going to come with this technology where they will start changing people, DNA, evil technology, the same technology of, of the generation of, of Noah, technology. The Lord prophesied this to them in America and different countries, and, and, and people were stunned when they heard this. I mean, I heard about this back in the 90s, early 90s, I heard about this stuff. A teacher in my church teaching us about this stuff, but it will come in the future. He said, I don't think they have a year, but they will have the technology, the technology for them to make this ship that will be implanted in people's right hand, that it will change people's DNA. And we were all like laughing in class, in Bible study, looking at each other like, boy, this guy up there. And he said, it's coming, you'll see, you'll remember this Bible study, he said. You will remember this. It's going to come in the future. Many of you will see this, he said. Oh, God, was he right? Right over, what, over 14, 13 years before, he was saying that this will come? But 20, 40, 50 years before me, God told all the people this will come in the United States, technology. Oh, God, he's always right. Jesus is always right. The Lord is always right. He never is wrong. He will always lead up with his truth. He will always reveal the mystery of the enemy, his plan to destroy humanity. This has been a plan of the devil from the beginning to corrupt all flesh, to destroy humanity. And the Lord has said this to us because it's up to us to say no. It's up to us to pray. It's up to us to repent. It's up to us to seek the Lord. It's up to us to change our evil ways. It's up to us, brothers and sisters. Jesus loves us so much and hurting his heart to see what is going on in America and around the world with this evil technology changing people's DNA. This is not the man God created, what they're doing. God have mercy. Praise the Lord. And the Lord repented that he made man on the earth and gave him in his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast. You see the combination they, they made? Man and beast. Man and beast. God made man and beast, but they combined man and beast. Oh, God. Oh, God. So God said, I'm going to destroy men and beasts. Well, you can take it like that and destroy every dog, every animal. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Scientifically, a lot of the animals and the Tyson Noah survived. Uh, one of the animals, the crocodile, whales, there's a lot of animals that Noah did not put in the ark that got saved, that got preserved by God. Now, God says, I'm going to preserve man and beast. You can see it two ways. Man, the knowledge part, man and beast, I'm going to destroy. Or man and beast is also applicable because God did create a man and beast. But specifically, they have all flesh are corrected. And I know all flesh has been changed. What changed to what? Man and beast. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Man and beast. 
Praise the Lord. He does say who I have created. He did not create them together. He created them separate. Man and beast and all creeping things in the form of the earth. For I have repented that I have made them. When God made them, they were one. But now men in the combination, which is because our government is doing this right now in secret, they are combining the DNA of men and beast. Some of you have heard about this. Some of you have heard about this. The government is combining the DNA of men and beast. So you're not going to call men men anymore. You're going to have to call them men and beast. You get me? Men and beast. Because he said, I'm going to destroy men and beast. Boy, there's a lot of men and beasts on earth right now. There is a lot of two DNA in one person right now. Praise the Lord. And they have been using that. They're making special soldier with this stuff. Special soldier. They're making with this stuff now. Supposedly a man and beast. But God said he's going to destroy men and beasts. For sure. Praise God. He's going to destroy them. Thank you, Lord. He did create men and beast, but not together. Separated. But men are putting them together. Devils putting them together. Are correcting God's creation. That God said, I will destroy men who are created from the face of the earth. You see how God is specific here? Because God said in, in Genesis 6 7, I will destroy men who I have created. That's the man He created. I'm going to destroy it. And then He said, Man and beast. We are more specific. We get God said, I'm keeping you on hidden here. Can you get Do you get it? Thank you, Lord. Verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So we, we see that Noah was not the great. Noah was not was repenting. In other words, that's how you get on the grace, on the repenting. You go on repenting. Get on repenting. Return all your sins to the Lord. And you, come, you become on the grace. You find grace when you repent. But Noah found grace. Noah was repenting. That's how he found grace. You can find grace repenting too. The grace of the Lord will come upon your life. Thank you, Jesus. He'll forgive your sin. He'll throw them to the bottom of the sea and will not remember them no more. Thank you, Jesus. And his eyes will be fixed on your life to change you, transform you, and make you according to his image. So he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He became under grace as he, as he obtained it, and, and, and the eyes of the Lord was upon his life forever and after that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's so awesome. Praise God. You will not have a generation of God unless you repent. Are you listening? God will only give you a generation after you repent. David had a generation after him after he repented. So Ruth, Ruth had a generation after her, after she repented. Now look at this. After Noah repented in verse 8, comes verse 9. These are the generation of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah worked with God. How do you have a generation with God? You need to work with him. You want to have a generation accounted for by God? You want God to visit your children and your children's children and your children's children's children? You want God to visit them? You need to work with God yourself. You're worried. I know you're worried about your children's salvation. Well, worry about your work with God first. 
Because a lot of people want to win the whole world but lose their own soul. No. Work with God. God will take care of your generation. God will take care of your children. After no work with God, then your faith and all his children became saved. Were brought into the earth by God. Thank you, Lord. God saved him and his wife. His generation became saved because Noah walked like God. You want God to take care of your children, your daughters, your sons, your grandchildren. Work with God. Worry about your relationship with God more than anything else. No, Brother Elvis, I just want my children to be saved. Work with God. Worry about your salvation with trembling and fear first, and God will take care of the rest in your life. He will take care of your children. When you pray for your children, the Lord says, here I am. And he'll work in your children's life. It don't matter It don't matter how they behave. It don't matter. Even if they are disobedient, there's the Lord working with them and keeping them from their own evil ways. Protecting them from their evil ways because you, you walk with him. See, God, when he, worked, when he worked with the children of Israel, who did he remember? Who did God remember? The children of Israel? No. You know who he remember? The grandfather, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I thank you, Jesus. Because they work with him. He remembers the work, the repentant life. That's what God remembers. Hallelujah. I told when he came to Moses, he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He remembers the work, how they work with him. So I'm here, Moses, because of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that work with me. And because you are his generational, I must be here. Because God is faithful. You die, you go away to heaven, and you enjoy heaven, and God is down here working with your children, your grandchildren, protecting them, delivering them in the tribulation. And the devil says, I want to kill them. I want to kill them. And God says, no, you can. You cannot touch them. Uh-uh. They are the children of my servant who served me, and I took them home in the rapture. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, because you're faithful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. While you are worshiping God in the throne, God is down here taking care of you, your children, and your grandchildren. Praise the Lord. Your enemy cannot do harm to them. God is protecting them. Thank you, Lord. Worry about you walking with God first. You walk with God, I know. You worry about your relationship with God, and God take care of the rest. God will, God will tell them your name. Praise the Lord. He, when he comes to them, he says, Oh, yes, I know your father. Oh, I know your grandfather. He walked with me. Oh, thank you, Lord. As he said to the children of Israel, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They walked with me. He remembers them. God remembers his servants. Hallelujah. He remembers them forever. Thank you, Jesus. They're always in his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Verse 10. And Noah begot three sons, Shen Hashem. And you are fed. No already having three children. There were men already. Praise the Lord. But he was still walking with God. And the earth was also uh, was also corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. There's the word corruption, change. And the word violence there too. Thank you, Lord. All the, whatever men did was out of control. They cannot control it. And the government, I wish the government could listen to this message and not. 
Whatever you are doing in secret, you are not going to be able to control. It's in the word of God. And it will turn into violence. It will turn against you. It will turn against you. Whatever these men you're working, DNA you're putting together, will turn against you. It will kill you. You're not be able, you will not be able to control it. Praise the Lord. It's in the word of God. It will turn violence. Verse 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Now, the word way now is being applied. God always giving us a hint to know and understand. He's telling us that the way, well, the way is your life. If you look at up ways, hallelujah, is your own life working in, in God's, what God prepared for you, what is before your life. So whatever was before your life now, they could not be normal. That's what God is saying to us. Now they're behaving like this. It's a total different behavior that has changed. Your way is for you to be obedient. It's for you to submit to God. It's for you to seek God. That's a normal way to God. That's how God created us. Well, their way was not the same no more. Their way was violence. It was changed. And because it was changed, they were not normal. They were violence. So the way was corrupted. They will not see God. They will not pray to God. None. They just wanted to kill or they just want to flush, kill someone else. That's it. Violence. That's all it was. So the, the, the DNA was changed completely. They were like beasts. Beasts. At this time, they changed like beasts. So what you got is a whole earth of people like beasts, zombie, and werewolf everywhere, killing each other, destroying each other. They had no control. I'm sure that they were laughing back on this. Because he's seeing all this, and he knows somebody didn't hurt God because this is man who God had created. But now because they changed the DNA, now everyone is killing each other like this. No regard for anyone. No regard for life. No caring for life. They act like this. They act like animals. That's what's happened with millions of people, maybe billions in the times of Noah, behaving this way, killing each other, destroying each other. And this confirmed this because I heard of a body they found very old thousands of year old body where they have they found uh bites of animal of teeth I think they say longer than, than four than four inches long. And they started comparing the bites of animal to see what kind of animal would have been in this person. The body looks very old and the in the bite they found in the head and in, in, in the head and in the body was longer than four inches long, the teeth. And did not, when they compared to teeth of lion and animal, it was not, it was not of animal. It was kind of animal, but it was more related to men. See, that gives you a clue what they're talking about. They're scientists, and they're, they're studying all these things. They don't know what they're, exactly what they're seeing, but as they study this, more like werewolf, it's exactly. But you see, you can't say werewolf as a Christian, but you say, man, you're into the, into the Hollywood movie and stuff. It's not that. It's the evidence that they're finding out, thousands of your old body that has wound a human body, but more likely like animal bites. You see? So the evidence are coming out still. But, you know, some people will not be convinced with that. They will have to stay in the tribulation and see and say, my goodness, it was always right after they got three or four and chasing them. Up and down, they thought he always was right. I, I wish I could have believed God and just got myself right with God. 
That's what God wants us to do, brothers. The repent and seek him. Praise the Lord. These things are coming for sure. Verse 13, and God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh that come before me, for the for the uh, uh, they still were violent through them, through them, another another clue, through them, and and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. When God has to destroy his his creation, a man with the earth, it means that whatever is going on on the earth is so rightly there's so much, in other words, that there's no way God can save the earth because of the corruption. It's like Jesus. When he comes to make the earth new again, before he starts the millennium, he has to destroy this earth and make it new. Why is God brother of it? Well, we have a lot of science in caves. I saw a movie the other day, or the commentary, from uh, Germany, I think it was, where there is a tunnel inside a cave where a lot of information, books and stuff, are being put in there for thousands of years prior from now into the future. Listen to this. So people will learn about us in the future. They say, well, God, Jesus is going to burn all that. He's going to burn that. He doesn't want people in the millennium going into cave and finding out all this information because he says in, in, in Isaiah that he's going to uh, remove all this information out of our, out of our head. He don't want us to remember. He don't want us to remember. You see, he don't want us to remember. I believe he probably done this to Noah, too. Okay? He didn't want Noah and his family to remember. I'm pretty sure this stuff was, was removed out of their head, too, as they were in the ark or all those 40 days, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because the Lord doesn't want us to remember the stuff. He says it in Isaiah. He's going to remove this, this information from us. You don't want us to remember our memory of these things. Because as people see in the RFID and all this technology, all this stuff, the Lord didn't want us to bring it to the millennium. Uh-uh. He's going to destroy this earth. We're going into, into the millennium, fresh, new star. Don't want us to remember all this stuff. Other people don't like us. They like want the Lord to, for us to carry this stuff into the future. No. You don't want to bring the garbage into the millennium because there will be people making the RFID in the millennium if this technology is brought into the future. And God doesn't want this stuff. It took, look, how, look how long it took since the times that Noah to this time for, for science to come up with this technology. It took a long time, thousands upon thousands of years for them to come up with this technology. In the millennium with a full mind, the God is going to give us, we're going to be able to see, use our full brain they can come up with this stuff in one day. One day they come together, they'll make all the tools, and they will be making the RFID in a, in a couple of days. They'll have it. People will, have, will be implanting it already. And if he leaves all this knowledge and technology available, no, he's going to burn all this technology. Every single building, every single lab, every single memory of this technology will be erased from us, and it will going to be burned in the fire. He doesn't want us to carry this for the millennium. Because it's evil. Some people still don't think it's evil. It's evil. Evil technology. It changed the flesh back in the times of Noah. Government is already secretly changing the flesh, human and beast together. As God, we're going to say he's going to destroy human and beast. The same human and beast God destroying the times of Noah is being built now. There are men out there working for the government. 
that are man and beast together. The DNA has been put together. Scientists have been uh, so advanced, they have done all this garbage, brothers and sisters. God have mercy. And if you want to know more, ask the Lord to reveal you more. Because a lot of this stuff, some people will, will, will share it. But they want to know more information, ask the Lord, he'll reveal it to you. You'll see. The correction is not to that level. Thank you, Lord. The Lord's confirming and say, yes. Yes, you can ask the Lord. He'll give you more. He will reveal you more. Praise the Lord. And it will help you to stay away from that. Be careful going to the doctors. They, they, even the, the flu shot. Be careful getting the flu shot. Ask the Lord whether he wants you to get the flu shot. Don't trust your government, Jesus told me this. Ask the Lord whether, whether he, he, allow, he wants you to get the flu shot. If the Lord says no, don't get it. Do not get the flu shot until you ask the Lord. Please take this serious. Government are experimenting. We're animals, with the air, we're a lot of stuff. Be careful. Be very careful. A lot of people who are listening tonight knows exactly what I'm talking about. The government is doing a lot of experiment with people, with DNA and a lot of stuff they're getting into. Being led by demons and principality to do this. Just like in the days of Noah, brothers and sisters. Just like in the days of Noah. It's happening. Now, in the coming of Jesus, Jesus is so close to come. It's about to say, I will destroy them with the earth together. No way I'm going to leave anyone to. Hallelujah. And then, may, and then he says to Noah, make thee and I gospel word uh, rooms, so they make it in the eye, shall cover it with him, and, and, and with all with pitch. And then he keeps telling Moses, hallelujah, how to make the ark specifically. And then he also said, Hallelujah. Uh, he said, The Lord will bring the flood upon, upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Why is God so interested in destroying all flesh? Because now, human are not human 100%. Animal are not animal 100%. How God made them. Now they mix. You see? Now they mix. So God has to destroy all flesh to eliminate all this evil. So the same thing has to happen in the coming of Jesus. You have to defeat the Antichrist, throw him in the lake of fire, and him and the full prophet. Like that, the devil hell, destroy everything, and then renew the earth, new earth and new heaven, renew everything, because all these satellites in space are also contaminating space. You know that these satellites got weapons in them, chemical stuff in them that contaminate everything? Mostly today, life is about spying. The NSA, Russia, Iran, all these countries, all these countries, hallelujah, are spies for themselves. They're checking out themselves. They're stealing information from each other. They got so much garbage in space. They keep sending missiles and stuff in space. The same weapon, the same system, the same garbage. The devil, whether burning hell. All this garbage is being sent in space. Space is contaminated. Earth is contaminated. I was talking to the people. The Lord just wanted me to eat seafood. Look at this. The sea is contaminated by nuclear waste by, by, by Japan, by nuclear oil, by the United States, BP, and many other countries. Birds, fish are dying from the sea. 
Well, most of the lake in the United States are contaminated most of the river, too. I said, I don't know what we're going to eat. This is why this is the end. Because everything is contaminated. Absolutely, the air is contaminated. So much is making people sick all the time, children sick all the time. Water is contaminated, food is contaminated. There is so much contamination. God will have to destroy all flesh, animal, and man, and everything. Nothing can escape the, the fire of the Lord, destroying everything. For instance, like in the days of Lot, fire came down from heaven. Because everything is so contaminated, everything is so evil. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. The Lord will, have, will get us out of here. That's why Jesus is the ark. He told Noah to make an ark for him and his family to be saved. Well, Jesus is the ark where you and I are saved. Don't forget to pray for your food. Rebuke all demons from your food. One thing the Lord has already given to me, demon and the food. Rebuke this demon from your food. Apply the blood of Jesus before you eat. Pray. Pray. Don't go to bed without praying. Don't get out of your house without praying. Pray for everything and anything. Brothers and sisters, thank you, Jesus. Everything is contaminated. The devil has his eyes on you. But the eyes of the Lord is, is bigger than his. And it's on you too. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everything is contaminated. This is why we need to hold on to Jesus because man itself is destroying itself. Everything is becoming corrupt. The brothers and sisters. Change. The word change corrupted. Damage is another word. Everything is being damaged. God made pure. God made the air pure change. God made the river pure change. God made the sea pure change. Everything is being changed. I even heard the laughter, things like that, that we lost so much to trends and things like that. They, they, the, the, whatever is going on in, in, in Alaska, in, in different parts of the world, when the earth warming and all that, different infirmity and stuff is coming into the sea and the water, and, and, and lobsters are not able to multiply themselves and grow normal. Can you imagine that? We're eating lobsters are not able to grow normal because they are things making them sick. They don't stop selling them. They don't go out fishing. They don't stop going out fishing them for them. So everything is just a continuous cycle of getting people sick one way or another. Make sure you cook well your meat if you eat meat, your, your seafood. Make sure you cook it well. Put it on the fire. It may become the time like in the old day, you put it on a stick and put it truly in the fire. Instead of putting it in a cooking pan, you don't have to put it truly in the fire and let it kind of burn. Hallelujah, brothers and sisters. My, that might be the time before we get raptured that this is the way we might have to eat food, brothers and sisters, because it really... There's so much stuff making people sick, brothers and sisters, now and day. And so we, we, have to, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. Thank you, Lord. I know that as I'm cooking, I like to cook. As I'm cooking my food better, and I mean better by giving it more time under the fire and all that, when I get insects so much, like we're used to, and I'm noticing these little things like that, brothers and sisters. Cooking the food even better. Cook your, don't eat your meat rare. A lot of people like, no, don't eat your meat rare. If I can show you a video on YouTube, um, what, is, what is a life in rare meat, you'll be disgusted. But it, it, this is reality. We're talking about reality. It's happening now. The contamination is everywhere. Nothing escapes 
Don't think, oh, let's pay all this city or this out. No, nothing escapes. Even even places where men don't go and families are coming out of them too. Everything down here, brothers, is contaminated. We have to hang on to the Lord and pray for healing every day, psychologically, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You need to pray for those healing every day for yourself and your family. Pray. Just ask the Lord to keep them healed, heal them, heal them, heal them. It's what we need to ask the Lord, brothers and sisters, because everything is making people sick down here. Praise the Lord. And also the purpose of our enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, remember. So our enemy is always looking for ways to make us sick. Why? It's painful. We blame, people blame God when they get sick. People walk away from God when they get sick. And the devil, the devil wants to see Christians sick because that's how they can get them to walk away from God. There's one thing with people when they get sick. Uh, Joel, when he got sick, brothers and sisters, he didn't run from God. He didn't deny God. Praise the Lord. He didn't make it. I came out of my mother's body and make it going back as I came. He didn't care if he had anything or nothing. He didn't care if he was sick. He still served God. Learn to serve God even if you're sick. Brothers and sisters, very important to be grateful to the Lord. No matter how you are, no matter the condition you are. I remember the Lord two days ago reminding me, what's more important to you now? And I'm scratching, like, scratching my head. Well, salvation, that's where I want you to be focused. Salvation is more important. When I saw people turning into zombies, it truly reminded me what's important in life, brothers and sisters. What's important in life is not that you have this or go here or go there or get what you want. What's important in life is salvation. Because the only way you're going to get here is by the Lord Jesus Christ, through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the door. He is the way out of here. And if we don't stick with the Lord, oh, man, no one is getting out of here. If we don't stick with the Lord, we're only going to get out of here with Jesus Christ. And so salvation right now is more important than your job, your life, your family, anything. We need to understand how important salvation is right now. That's right. We need to put the Lord first, brothers and sisters. Like Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He's really there founding. He was really there repenting. He was truly seeking God. He wanted to escape his generation. He didn't want to stay there with them. God already told him, man, everything is correct and everything has been changed. Don't you see what's going on? Praise the Lord. He saw what was going on. When God said everything is correct, and Noah was seeing it with his own eyes, uh, God, God reminded him that everything was corrected. But Noah found grace, man. Noah, Noah was going to move up on his faith in God. Praise the Lord, and the Lord did deliver him. The Lord knows how to deliver those that fear him, the word of God says. We need to stay fearing the Lord. In this timing, brothers and sisters, the Lord will deliver us, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a great God we serve. No one like our God. My goodness. He died on the cross for each and one of us. Brothers and sisters, thank you for tonight. Here's the latest prophecy. Praise the Lord. Uh, please pray for our sister Barbara. Uh, I heard she had a stroke, brothers and sisters, and, and she's still in the hospital. Uh, please, let's keep her in prayer. Sister Barbara. Uh, Pastor, uh, I forget his name. Thank you, Lord. Parsley, Pastor Parsley is in the hospital too. Please pray for him in Canada. Praise the Lord. Let's keep them in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Paul, Bag- Paul Bagley, Paul Bagley. Pastor Paul Bagley, please just keep him in prayer that he'll get better. 
Praise the Lord. The devil is trying to hold God's people back, God's prophet back. Why? Because we are so sure to be going home. And, and he don't want people to be uh, warned. He don't want the message of the Lord going out. And so please, brothers and sisters, keep them in prayer. Keep me and my family in prayer too. I'll continue to pray for each and one of you. Please also continue to support us. Remember, we're supporting the poor in Israel and in Africa. Let's continue to do God's work, brothers and sisters. Everything is almost over. You can see the signs of everything happening. The Lord's going to get us out of here very soon. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say one word before I leave, before I pray the latest prophecies. It is this. The change for the bride has begun. The change has begun. I had a prophet contact me and said this word to me. Elvi, the change has begun. We are going to be glorifying the glorified bodies. Praise the Lord. You take that into prayer. You seek the Lord. It has already begun. Thank you, Jesus. Greater things than these you will do, says the Lord. Remember. Prophet Edward, David O'War, Dr. David O'War, as he's known, is one of those people who you cannot meet on the street and not look at him twice because he does stand out, but also because he's a man of God, he's a prophet, he says he's got prophecies for this country. Please, let's welcome Dr. Ward. Thank you very much for coming on the program. Thank you, Larry, for having me on. We have an election coming up. And the last time we had an election, we didn't have a very pleasant outcome. What's going on in your mind about two weeks to the election? Uh, thank you, Larry. Uh, what an important time to have this kind of conversation. Uh, the Lord spoke with me, that was April of 2011, and he showed me a tremendous vision of what is coming at the election. And I saw quite a bit of tempest and running and burning, Kenya literally burning. And then I called a big meeting of pastors, you know, a lot of pastors up to 1,000, and passed the message. But most recently, again, he revisited this conversation with me as we draw closer, where again I saw a lot of running, and this time gunfire involved disputation in election. And so right now, that is what has prompted us, actually. It prompted me to call for a National Day of Peace, Reconciliation, and Repentance, a National Day of Repentance uh, in which all tribes, all communities can gather to Hurupa grounds and reconcile, and they're coming with white handkerchiefs, you know. And uh, I don't know how many million people will come here Yes. But for now, what we are hearing, the mobilization across the entire country, it's going to be very massive. We've never had such a meeting here. Kenyans saying, we want peace. But the highlight of it is going to be uh, when all the eight presidential candidates will be able now to come forward and make a public declaration of peace, that they commit to peace and peaceful elections and transition. So that's what's coming up on the 24th of February, based on the conversation the Lord has had with me on the elections. All right, but everywhere you go, you seem to attract such huge crowds. We've got some incredible video of your rallies, wherever they are, and if I can call them rallies, it's obviously very loosely um, based on what a political rally might be. But let's take a look at some of the work that uh, Prophet O'War has done.
so those are the kind of crowds that we see from all your crusades, if you can call them that. Why do people come to you? Thank you so much, Larry. That's a very important question. You know, when the Lord brought me into the spiritual landscape, I found a church, the church that had been compromised. Uh, there was a lot of uh, corruption, as you know, immorality and all these scandals that even have been reported in the media. And so working within that background, it was very, very important, as the Lord had sent me, to articulate the message of righteousness, repentance and the return to holiness. And then, of course, genuine healings came into the meetings. I'm sure you're familiar with a lot of fake healings that have taken place in this town, commercialized gospel. And so you see that people are genuinely hungry for the truth. They're hungry for righteousness. They, they want to be led, to be directed. I think that's where the church has been missing. And that's why the country also finds itself in this condition right, right. now. You see, when you talk, up the, talk of the condition of the state, the condition of government, the condition of the corporate world, if you talk about corruption and immorality, that essentially is the mirror image of the church. And so that's why, you see, immediately the Lord brought me into the landscape and I began, began to bring this very mighty message of repentance and return to the truth, righteousness. But beyond that, you are, do you have supernatural powers? Here we have weapons getting returned. That, that is essentially the power, the supernatural power of the Lord. In fact, it's, you can say the power of righteousness. I see many times the church is languishing here and there, trying to, whether purchase power, I don't know what they try to do to fake it, but the genuine power lies in holiness and righteousness. And that's why you see the message of repentance, as the Lord sent me to preach, I preached repent, and when you repent genuinely, you show fruit of repentance. And so that's why you saw people can do the impossible. I mean, to be caught with a firearm in this country is a serious offense. And they bring weapons, and then the healings also. The do healing. you heal people? I do not heal people. The Lord heals people. I'm just a vessel the Lord is using. And most importantly now, of course, recently, you, you saw in the big article that came out in the Nation newspaper, the healing of people that HIV, had HIV AIDS. You know, previously the is church... Is this just a claim? Because we've known pastors who stage manage these things. Absolutely. That's why it's very important that we share this. You know, in the past, there has been a lot of that. I remember one time I went to preach uh, at the Langata prisons, and I met one of the, one of the so-called prophets in prison because of this thing, this issue of HIV AIDS. Right. They, they, there was a lot of money they paid, you know. They, they were paid and they claimed they were healing. But now look at this now. When I realized that HIV AIDS was a serious issue and the Lord brought it to my attention and asked me to pray for them, the first thing, there were so many, there were like 200,000 people. The first thing uh, the Lord led me to do was to tell them, go back to your own physician that has your file. Right. Tell him to examine you. And now it's so mighty because... Once that doctor examines, at first, of course, it was a big laughter, you know, and they were thinking it's a joke. But when finally the first cases of HIV turned negative, with their own physicians turned up, then now I opened up a big scheme where we don't only take the, the three, the BioLine, Unigol, the determined test, the antibody test, but now we have to take it up the C, the, the DNA PCR, cDNA PCR level which is the ultimate uh, testing for, for, for the virus. So people come to you because they've got something to receive. They've, they've got miracles. Well, no. You know, there are a lot of people that just come to worship the Lord because they're looking for a holy place. You know, you said a little earlier that you could have met a prophet, quote-unquote, in prison. Yes. What is your own claim to prophethood? 
Well, I don't claim anything, you know. It is you people to say, because, you know, the Bible speaks very clearly about these callings, you know. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, the Lord speaks very, very clearly that when they shall come, you know, there are stripes. But th that is for them to say, you see. And out of, look at the prophecies that have taken place. Look at the Haiti earthquake. When I went on November 20, 22nd, all the 29th, 2009, until it happened, of course, December, uh, January 12th, uh, the, the, the Chile earthquake, the, the, the cases we are having here now of last post-election violence, you remember? When I spoke, you know, when I was speaking at first, people were not understanding. Yes. They were thinking, well, I don't think Kenyans can go into refugee camps. You see, in any case, we are hosting refugees. But anyhow, what is coming up most importantly out of all this conversation is that this upcoming election in Zofwell, I've shared this with the principals in this country, and now, you know, that's why we're having the culmination of this meeting. What is your prophecy for this election? How does it end? Well, what happens is that uh, I see a lot of people running after the polls. I see a dispute. I see a contestation, a very bitter contestation. And then I see Kenya burning. Unfortunately, in the conversation the Lord has shown me in this dream, it's worse, a little worse than what we had before. And so it's a lot of movement and people now, most recently, the most recent one, I see a lot of people walking with their children, trying to run, and I see dead bodies at the side of the road. So that is what really prompted me, because I was living for a big meeting in Bujumbura. That's what really prompted me to call for this massive reconciliation that will take place at Uhuru Park. Why do you only prophesy doom and gloom? That, that is a very good question, Larry. Because, you know, when you look at the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 24, the Lord Jesus himself spoke about the times. That's a very critical question, really. He spoke about the events that would happen in this time, in this dispensation. He spoke about the wars. The earthquakes I prophesied, they are biblical basis. In Matthew 24, chapter, verse 7, on. And so, he talked about wars coming, earthquakes, you know, and all this disturbance you see. So, these are the signs that the Messiah is coming. Behind the scenes, the Lord has actually spoken with me about the coming of the Messiah. And that's why you see so many nations. My program runs in Europe. We are in, we big, we big TV programs in, in Finland. We are in big TV programs in Norway. We are down in Latin America. We are in Australia. We are everywhere because of this novel message on the coming of the Messiah and the righteousness is propelling. Let's do a simple question. Edward Cavelli Utopia on Twitter asks, can, can you predict the outcome of the elections? You tell us what happens afterwards, but who wins? Well, that is amazing because uh, that is what I will not say on air. Why not? No, because if you say such a thing, you know the repercussions of that. So part of the conversation the Lord is having with me also involves a lot of responsibility. Because now I look back, for example, at what happened when he sent, even the first conversation we had about Kenya, you see how much blood flowed. As I said, it would flow refugee camps and cuts of the, cutting parts of human bodies even Haiti. So those have really taught me now to be a little bit more cautious and to essentially bring the underlying message that the nation needs to repent and especially the church. And now we are seeing a big hunger. This has been a storm now. We are seeing the entire nation from Mombasa to Busia to, to Marsabit. Everybody is preparing to come to Hurupas. And that can only tell you that Kenyans are passing out one message, that they are tired of war and this time they are choosing leaders that are pro-peace, that love peace. Answer this for me. Peace. Why do you keep that beard? Well, you know, I also don't know. You know, I just find myself in this situation, Nari. For how long have you had it? These are, I, I can't remember, though. These are some of the things you cannot tell about the calling, Larry. So the beard is here to stay? 
Well, the Lord has spoken with this land. He has spoken with this land in a very mighty way. And uh, what is going to be important, and again, last time when the Lord spoke, you saw that they handled it recklessly and carelessly. And so you saw the amount of blood that flowed in this land. But this time, I'm just praying that Kenyans will be wise enough to understand that the voice of the Lord is here. And, uh, and, and, and this, is, uh, this is actually uh, affirmed by the healings you see, the HIV AIDS healing. And that's a big thing to say on, on television. Are there any good things going to happen to this country? Well, if the country... First of all, there's a very good thing happening in this country. There's the biggest revival in the history of the church happening. Beyond here. the revival, in terms of the growth of the economy, in terms of the leadership moving forward, any other things for national life? It will have to start with the revival. Because the revival is what will burst out. The revival actually will be a revival in the so life. So the good things will only happen to Christians? The, the whole nation needs to obey the voice of the Lord, Larry. Because the Lord is the creator of the entire nation. Everybody else. And so, revival is what will flourish out. Flourish out everything else you look for. Like the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything shall come unto you, shall be added unto you. And so that's why, even in this program, repentance is going to deliver this country. Otherwise, I've seen a tremendous tempest visit this nation. And I'm hoping we're not going there this time. That's why I'm really involved now. How did a well-respected scientist like you, with a doctorate, end up a preacher? Well, uh, that's a very good question, because uh, you know that many times we go into the careers we pursue, the things we do. But eventually, let me tell you, Larry, in the final analysis, we are all created for him by him. So that is now what overrides everything else. And that's why, you see, when the Lord called me and I had to say yes to him. But of course, now you look back and you, you thank him that you obeyed. You see what I'm saying? Because many people have found healing. You've seen the many cripples, many blind. Now HIV, this is breaking news. A lot of media from abroad is coming to record it. They're taking, they're taking the evidence. They're examining these people. You know, it's a big story coming out of Kenya. So this is really a good story for Kenya also. We'll come back to finish up with you in the future and your ministry. But in the Now let's finish up with Prophet Award who's with us again. Somebody's wondering, why don't you preach about the positive side of Matthew 24, 14? Well, um, it depends on the calling that you have. You know, right now we are sitting at the brink of a major visitation in the church and across the nation. And so this is the message right now for this hour. And the Lord is essentially asking nations, and Kenya being a very important nation right now, uh, even in this revival, the Lord is surely asking nations to return to righteousness. And repentance is the only way that will bring righteousness to the church, which is the light of the nation. A lot of people are concerned about this. Dennis Lubanga also says, Someone please tell Dr. War to preach peace and not predict chaos and violence always after the elections. Absolutely, yes. You know, this is the message of peace. Because essentially, uh, the message I'm preaching is peace between them and the Lord. There is no peace that surpasses that peace. And when you look at a nation undergoing what she's going through now, you definitely see that Kenya is ailing. And if the nation is ailing like this, she needs help. She needs to be healed. And uh, the controversy on this repentance issue 
can only be sorted out by the nation indeed repenting. You can understand why there's a lot of skepticism because clerics generally are suffering a crisis of confidence from stage managing miracles to just generally running churches that are businesses. So you fall under that same category of clerics who have been found wanting by the Kenyan public. Who is there to say that? Not, I'm not saying you personally, but I'm saying generally the, the institution yes. you serve is under serious crisis of confidence. Which institution? The, the church. The, the church. church. Oh, yes. oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, I began by saying so. I began by saying that uh, uh, it's important that the church will return to righteousness at this hour. The reason the church has actually uh, uh, lost a lot of confidence from the public and the nation is because of the practice of the church. You are right by saying that uh, the judge, the church, the jury is actually the public. Because even those who are not, a, not born again, they understand the benchmark of serving the Lord. They understand the standards of salvation. So surely, yes, they are right to be able to point a finger at the church and say that here you have not done this, here you have been found wanting. And the only way the church can restore confidence into the mainstream, into the society, is by the church herself operating above board, beyond reproach. And this is the message of repentance, essentially, that should be embraced. How do you make a living? How do you support your church? Do you pay for charge for miracles, or how does this ministry support itself? I think that is where the church went wrong by beginning to, 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 to charge to us. And, and first of all, if you charge for a miracle, that's a fake miracle. Because our Lord Jesus did not charge for a miracle. All, most of your viewers know this. The heavy price, the complete price was paid at Calvary. So the apostasy in the church, which was predicted at this hour, is what dictated that those who would not hearken unto righteousness would be able now to try to sell, which is a big problem because the church is supposed to be the business of faith, teaching faith. Just The Lord said, don't carry your bags. Don't carry anything. If you come to serve me, I'll take care of you. And the birds in the sky, they don't have granaries. They don't go digging, plowing to keep this to survive, and yet the Lord feeds them. And so the problem then came in when the church started to earn her own living, not depending on God for a life adventure and all this, you know. All right. We'll leave it there. Very quickly, in 30 seconds or less, look into that camera and what is your message for Kenyans? Into that camera. Absolutely, Larry. Thank you so much. Well, uh, this is an important nation, Kenya. Right now, we know too well that... Uh, the, the, the writings on the wall, what is happening may not be very good. They're not good signs when you see a lot of leaders talking toxic, spewing venom. So the only thing that will redeem this nation, not to revisit the 2007 violence, is repentance when this country will eventually turn to the Lord. And that is why now the big meeting has been called. I have called a big meeting for February 24th at Uhuru Park, and that's why you see the entire nation now, even those who are not born again, they are calling and renting right. buses and coming down to Uhuru Park for repentance, Prophet, including the presidential candidates. Prophet Owar, thank you very much for coming in. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Larry. Asante sana. And that's Hello, brothers and sisters. I am wanting to make a video about something that I thought about for Kairuana because I had two separate experiences that happened fairly recently ago, but um, I was thinking I might as well go on ahead and share it. So, um, 
there were two separate experiences and it's pretty much the manifestation of the glorification that I've been talking about. Um, because my most recent videos have been about the bride being glorified, which is happening right now from the inside out. And now the Lord has enabled me to really feel the evidence of that glorification. And it's just been so cool. So the first experience was uh, it was as if I was being enveloped with this extreme feeling of bliss and peace and love. It was as if it was as if peace and love and I were like one. It was as if I was peace. I was love. Like love and peace. Sorry about that. Um, uh, I hope you guys can still hear me. I'm going to try to talk a little louder. But it was as if peace and love became me or as if I became peace and love. And I felt just a, a supernatural, divine, very, 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 very high degree of that. And it was like, that is what we're going to feel in heaven. And so what I'm saying is, I feel like the Lord enabled me to become aware of that and conscious of that, of what was going on with my spirit. Because when we get to heaven, that's how it's going to be. We're, we're going to exist in a state of joy. Like, we're not just going to have happiness. Sometimes we are going to be in a state of being of joy and peace and love. And that was just so beautiful, guys. That lasted for a fair amount of the day when it came on. But um, it was so amazing. And so that was that experience. And the second experience happened a little after that. It was at night, and I was in bed, and all of a sudden, felt this sense of cleanliness, of holiness, of righteousness, as if righteousness and holiness made me one with them as well. But what it really felt like, it was as if I was taking a bath in holiness and in righteousness. And it, as if it was going in and through me and around me until it until it made me one with it. Like, I felt so clean. It's as if the Lord was enabling me to feel how we would look in heaven, like wearing those white robes, and He was allowing me to feel purity and holiness and righteousness, not just to have it as, like, an attribute, but to actually be righteousness and holiness and to be made into that image really amazing. I felt I felt as if there was not a single blemish, as if he as if he had removed every single blemish that ever was there. As if he made me whiter than white. And it was really amazing. Now that's me trying my best to explain what I experienced and I wanted to share this one because it was so beautiful and I wanted to share it with you guys that I I've been talking about the glorification, but this time I was actually able to feel the glorification. 
in, in a way I've never been able to feel it before. So I wanted to share it because of that, and I wanted to share it to see if maybe you guys experienced the same thing. Now, I don't... This happened about, like, a week and a day ago. But I just, I just wonder if you guys felt the same thing at around the same time. Because it was really cool. And there, it was completely spiritual. It was as if I couldn't even feel the physical realm anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. We really are. Uh, we're out of here. We're out of here. So, I hope that blessed you. And I love you so much. And can't wait to hug you all. And just, and just enjoy the presence of God with all of you guys. And that'll be all. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Hummingbird027 here. Today is October 19th. 2015. Gonna get you caught up on some news today because the storm clouds are swirling. I'm going to go through a lot of these articles very quickly. If you would like to read them more in depth, please see hummingbird027.com and click on this today's newscast and find the link there and you can click on those links and follow it to wherever you'd like your little heart to desire. Folks, I feel like uh, Isaiah 17 is pretty much in the works right now. We've been watching with bated breath for two years now as they almost went and then they backed off. They almost went again and they backed off. We could definitely be watching. Uh, All the chips are on the table. All the cards are in play. This is going to happen. Um... Not really sure if anyone has actually looked at any pictures of coming out of Syria about the cities and stuff. It already looks like total destruction on there. And Carrie's like, you know, we really want to avoid total destruction of Syria. Uh, you know, talking out of one side of his mouth and lying out of the other. Same old, same old. But this was an interesting development yesterday from Debka. Com, 12 Air Forces Crowd Syrian Skies Israel-Russian Hotline May Channel Coordination. Sort of odd bedfellows, don't you think? I believe at this time the hooks are fully embedded into the jaws of Gog from the land of Magog. And what is taking place between Russia and Israel is... Um, Well, let's just say it. It's Ezekiel 38 and 39 on the table. It appears to be that whatever is going to take place in this imminent Middle East war, which is phase one. These are the imminent Bible prophecies that are coming to pass right now. These are the oracles of Damascus found in Psalms 83, Isaiah 17, Jeremiah 49 also in Zechariah chapter 9. These all take place first. Then, interestingly enough, if you actually start to read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it calls for bringing back. In Ezekiel 38, verse 4, And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth, and all thine army, horses, and horsemen, 
all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. And we have perfectly laid out phase two of Bible prophecy, which I believe will actually ignite the seven-year tribulation period. Um, Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shields and helmets. And what do they do? They come against, in verse 8, the mountains of Israel, which have always have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. And in verse 9, Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. So this is a huge war. I actually believe that this is World War Three in the making. False Armageddon, of which the alien agenda will play out before an unsuspecting human race. And there you go. The strong delusion is in full force on those who believe not the word of God. I continue to look for uh, pieces to these prophetic puzzles. And folks, Hezbollah, I believe, may very well be the catalyst for all of the fulfillment of these imminent Middle East Bible prophecies. Hezbollah, you're going to see in a few minutes, they are taking lots of power right now. I'm still looking for these two key events. Yes, I do realize there is an Ethiopian ambassador at the UNSC. Um, the whole point of Obadiah, take a minute to actually read it, it says specifically that an envoy, you're hearing a rumor from the Lord, that an envoy, which could be an ambassador from the actual country itself. Remember, Obama just went there a few months ago and had some pretty in-depth discussions with some of the highest-ranking officials in Ethiopia. There's a reason for that. You don't talk with two people. You don't go to their countries unless you're trying to get them on the same page. All they need to do is have the envoy, the Ethiopian envoy, head off to the UNSC. They need a out, an outside person to accuse Israel, and then all of a sudden, Israel's in the hothouse, so to speak. Folks, Obadiah is very clear, and I believe it should be lumped in with these imminent Bible prophecies. So watch for it. There will be an envoy that comes from Ethiopia. And quite frankly, I think this is their foot into the Gog and Magog war. This is why they will become active players, as is told to us in Ezekiel chapter 38. As you can see, they are a part of this. Cush, Ethiopia, becomes a part of Ezekiel 38 and 39. They need a foot in somehow. And Obadiah is the key to that. Read it. Understand what's really going on. So with that said, I believe we are watching the very beginning fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is Bible prophecy in the works. And it's just going to get much more intense as uh, it continues to unfold before our eyes here. On Sunday... Russian and Israeli Air Force headquarters near Latkia in Syria and Tel Aviv began practicing procedures 
for using the hotline they established last week to coordinate their operations in Syrian skies. They were putting into effect the agreement reached between Putin and Netanyahu in Moscow on September 22nd, which is very, very important because this all was going around the time of September 22nd, 23rd. Some really key events happened during these few days, but they weren't as earth-shaking as some might have liked on <laughs> YouTube here, which was worked out in detail on October 6th by uh, the Russian Deputy Chief of Staff and uh, General Yair Golan. So the Defense Ministry in Moscow confirmed that the mutual information sharing on the actions of aircraft had been established to avoid clashes in the skies of Syria between the Russian Aviation Command Center at this airbase and also the command post of the Israeli Air Force. So it's kind of interesting. They're both in this together right now. This is a predicament I think that's going to backfire on everyone. Just a reminder for those of you who may not know, they just found um, a huge cache of oil in the Golan. Uh, what is Russia most interested at this time? You know, which is what World War III is going to be about, is the battle of the last dwindling resources here on the Earth. So here it is. Nasrallah, the catalyst for Psalms 83, Isaiah 17, Jeremiah 49, et al. Toppling the government brings vacuum. Hezbollah presence in Syria is now greater than ever. Nasrallah stated on Sunday that the party does not approve to topple the cabinet despite its slow performance, affirming that Hezbollah commits to dialogue despite warnings that some parties might withdraw from the sessions. Nasrallah is basically stating that Hezbollah is sending thousands of fighters to support the Syrian army's ground offensive in the country's center north and northwest recently bolstered by Russian airstrikes. But the group has been criticized for diverting resources from combating its traditional enemy to the south, Israel which Hezbollah most recently clashed with in a month-long war in 2006. Nasrallah tried to temper that criticism by saying Israel and extremist factions in Syria, like the ISIS group, had the same goals. The two projects, the Zionist and the extremist Sunnis, want to achieve the same results, destroying our people and our societies. We will continue to battle the Zionist project in the region and we will continue to fight alongside the Palestinians. And their same rhetoric over and over again, folks. There will be no future for the Zionist entity in the presence of the access of the resistance. And uh, at some point, going to step on Yahweh's toes and it will be over for nice little Nasrallah and Hezbollah. Folks, going to tell you this right now. Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. If you have any common sense and that tiny little brain of yours, you will understand through history that God means business. Don't touch his people or his land that he gave 
to the Israelites. Senior Iranian officials continue to lash out against the recent nuclear deal even as the Obama regime begins to implement it, according to a series of statements by the Islamic Republic's leaders. The aggressive rhetoric comes as the Obama regime celebrated on Sunday the implementation of the deal, hailing it as a milestone in the U.S. diplomatic history. However, Iran has balked. Khomeini took to his Twitter and Facebook pages to post an announcement titled, Negotiation with America is Forbidden. According to the translation of the documents provided by the Middle East Media Research Institute, other Iranian officials have demanded that the U.S. completely terminate economic sanctions rather than suspend them per the nuclear deal. I want to get into a quick subject that is very a sore subject for a lot of Christians. Um, folks, the reason why America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy is, one, because we have upheld God uh, for a very long time, feared him, and reaped the blessings of keeping the Lord's word. That's going away now, now that evil is becoming good and good is becoming evil, and that took place probably about 50 to 60 years ago. It just really took a turn for the worse, and now we don't reap those blessings anymore. Actually, we are on the opposite end <laughs> of uh, we're actually receiving God's wrath and judgment. Um, that is coming in small doses right now, but eventually it's going to knock us out of the loop. The second part of the blessings is that we are strong. No nation comes against us because God's on our side. Now that God is not on our side, once guns are taken away, our enemies are going to come and roll us over, folks. Apparently, a lot of people out there have forgotten history. They don't learn from it. They keep repeating the same mistakes. And they keep sinning over and over and over again, never to gain any more enlightenment or understanding that, hey, maybe I should stop putting my hand in the fire. I won't get burnt. Don't ever forget, folks, the Nazi weapons law of March 18, 1938, cleared the way for World War II and the Nazi genocide against Jews, gypsies, and 7 million other people, including Christians. This is what they're going to do to your children. Sure, let them have our guns so your children can be experimented on. Folks, this is not games anymore. If you let them take our guns, we don't have a fighting chance. Little by little, they are inching their way into our homes to totally constrain, brainwash, and destroy our free will, our humanity. Clinton considers mandatory gun buybacks, ignites confiscation concerns. Just days after talk of President Obama's gun control executive orders and following a disappointing showing at the Democratic debate, Hillary Clinton has jumped back on the populist bandwagon, suggesting that, as Fox reports, it is worth looking into mandatory gun buyback programs like ones in Australia. 
This validates what the NRA has said all along, said Chris Cox, executive director of the NRA, with Clinton's comments making very clear that the underlying goal of gun control advocates is confiscation. Folks, I'm going to tell you this right now. You better become proactive. I don't mean just like politically signing affidavits, signing petitions, what have you. I'm talking, where are you going to stash your guns so that when this does take place, because it is coming, that you will be able to get to your gun when time commands it? Secondly, are you learning self-defense? There is a reason why our borders are porous at this time. They want Hezbollah. They want ISIS. They want these psychopaths running across the border so they can start taking out targets like you and me. What are you going to do if you can't shoot them in the head and make them not come into your house? Folks, these people are evil and demonic and they have no right to come into your home to try and take your life from you. Are you going to protect your children and your family how about your neighbors? Are they aware of the dangers that are mounting day by day because of these fascist takeover of these Luciferians? Folks, 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 you better start getting proactive. I am. I'm getting proactive, and I hope you are too. Just praying for you guys that you'll get a clue. Some of you out there, I don't, I don't know, I just... You email me and you sit there and rip me a new one saying that Christians aren't supposed to act like this and it's okay to die and, you know, and God will take care of everything. That's great. But, you know, God develops armies for the very reason that we can protect ourselves. <laughs> Folks, you've got to understand there are... There is more to the Bible than what a lot of people scream at each other about. God is not a teddy bear, okay? He actually does understand war, believe it or not. And he authorizes war, believe it or not. And, you know, and the way I look at the Lord in the Holy Bible, he's okay with you defending your right to live. He's okay with you protecting your family and innocence. He's okay with you coming against oppressive forces. Okay? That's the real God of the Bible, folks. He is about love, but he is also justice and righteousness. Folks, you got to get it right. you got to prepare now. Now, while there is still time, while you are still free to run about and do your daily things, right now is the time to prepare. So, folks, this is coming. This caricature is basically gun control for dummies. Yes, that's you if you don't understand what I'm talking about here, okay? They're not going to come into your house because you have a gun. They're going to think twice about robbing you. 
if you don't have a gun, <laughs> what is there to stop evil? Folks, the only thing that stops evil is good. And it is good to be able to protect yourself, to protect your loved ones, to protect the innocent. And by the way, Hillary Clinton does get it. And she is a Luciferian Marxist who wants total and absolute control and power in her hands. And that means that she can discard you with a wave of her hand. Okay? I saw, oh, it was about a month ago, I saw a video uh, actually, one of the viewers in this channel sent me this video. I can't remember what it was called and, and who you were, but you'll know who you are if uh, you're listening to this newscast. And it was all about Secret Service agents who worked for presidents and, uh, you know, high up their people. And uh, some of the Secret Service agents have talked about Hillary Clinton. And uh, she basically treats everyone around her like a dog. And, um, you know, if you can't even treat your help with kindness and gratitude, um, how are you going to run a nation? Um, yeah, just a couple thoughts there, folks. Folks, there are no co correlations between murder rates and gun ownership control. When someone points out the lack of a correlation here, gun control advocates are quick to jump in and say, but you didn't control for this and you didn't control for that that's true but what I do show here is that the situation is much more complicated than the one than one might think from absurd claims like states with fewer guns have fewer murders and so on apparently claims that new gun laws are commonsensical can't be true of the relationship between gun laws and murder rates require us to adjust for half a dozen different variables in fact, by looking at the data, I could imagine any number of other factors that might be more likely a determinant of the murder rate than gun ownership. As previously noted on Zero Hedge, the Democratic Party, its focus on guns has drawn fierce criticism from Republican White House hopefuls, who largely say that mental health, yes, Christian, that means you, they're going to take your gun from you because you're not right in the head. You're not thinking like the Luciferians. You're not thinking about rolling over and, you know, getting it. And not gun control is the correct policy response. They want a brain-dead mass who's willing to be slave labor and do whatever they demand. Do you realize that gun sales are soaring in the aftermath of the most recent cluster of shootings. In fact, gun sales this year have surpassed the record set in 2013 when gun purchases surged after the December 2012 Sandy Hook murders. Let me share with you just a little thought I had the other night while I was in prayer with the Lord. Do you realize that when invasion does come to America, that there ain't going to be enough army, marines, police officers to come help you even if you were able to use the phone and cry for help that you were being raped and murdered in your own home 
held hostage, being cut up into little pieces. Folks, reality is going to set in one way or another. Folks, the only reason that keeps the global elite, the one world government, from coming to fruitation is good people standing up for righteousness and justice and fearing the Lord, okay? So we have never been closer now. And more and more people are becoming massively passive. We definitely are in the Laodicean church where they have become so passive that God cannot use them. In fact, God is spewing these people out of his mouth because they're lukewarm. He can't do anything with them because they're too wrapped up in their day-to-day worldly affairs. Thanks to a series of interlocking treaties and international agreements, the governance of this plane is increasingly becoming globalized and centralized, but most people don't seem alarmed by this at all. In the past 30 days, we have seen some of the biggest steps towards a one-world government, one-world economy, and a one-world religion that we have ever witnessed. But these events have sparked very little public discussion or debate. Please share this article and this video with as many people as you can. From September 25th to the 27th, the UN launched a new universal agenda for humanity. That just creeps me out to no end. Those are not my words. They actually come directly out of the core document. You can read it right here at prophecyupdate.blogspot.com. The Pope traveled to New York City to give the address that kicked off this conference thus giving his considerable endorsement to this new plan. Virtually every nation on the entire planet willingly signed up for the 17 goals that are included in this plan, but the stunning turn of events made very few international headlines. The UN is promising that if we all work together that we can turn our plane into some kind of utopia. Folks, they want immortality, everlasting life they want total control of the earth without God and all of its resources the truth is that this talk about unity masks its very insidious agenda coming from a recent piece by Paul McGuire author of the groundbreaking book uh, Babylon Code the UN is not asking permission but issuing a command that the entire earth will commit to 17 sustainable development goals and 169 sustainable development targets designed to radically transform the world, the earth, by 2030. The UN 2030 plan promoted by the Pope will advance Agenda 21 on steroids. No more private property, They will confiscate all your possessions, your possessions, including your person, belongs to the state. Through a controlled media and mass populations will be told that this is all about saving the environment and ending poverty. But this is not the truth. The true agenda of Agenda 21 is to establish global governance. 
the economic system, and the one world religion. When UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon spoke of a dream of a world of peace and dignity for all, this is no different than when the communists promised the people a worker's paradise. On September 26, some of the biggest names in the music world, including Beyonce and all these wayward children, promoted these new global goals, and the Global Citizen Festival was held in Central Park. None of this is by accident. We are being trained to think of ourselves as global citizens. God does not want this. God never wanted us to be united under Satan in this world. This is why at the Tower of Babel, he confused the languages. He gave everybody a different language, and everyone went their own way. He wanted them spread out throughout the earth in nations, and now we're coming back to the Tower of Babel once again. Folks, God, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, and Lord of Lord is going to be the one who brings unity to the earth through the thousand year reign of Jesus Christ in real peace. They're going to deliver up on a dish a fake millennium to you, a fake Armageddon, a fake universal brotherhood where we're going to have to baptize aliens into a fake peace. The ultimate goal is for the entire world to become a single market with uniform rules, laws, and regulations. Basically, a few years ago, 40,000 laws were passed and no one had a clue about it in one year. Do you think that stopped in the past two years? It's actually probably up to about 60,000 laws being passed every year now so that they can constrain and control you and me outside of God's Ten Commandments. Let me be very clear here. There are rules and laws according to the Almighty. Then there are rules and laws according to man. Man's laws are now stepping on the commandments and the laws and the rules of our Lord and Savior. We are being funneled into this singularity that is coming very quickly. What is happening is undeniable. We are steamrolling towards a one-world government, economy, and religion. Of course, we will not get there overnight. You do not cook a frog by throwing him into boiling water. You turn the heat up ever very so slowly until... It's just snuffed out. Another quick article that may interest you is the mainstream media is declaring a jihad against the Jews. They have come out on full-on propaganda outlets for Islamic Jew hatred. Most mainstream media outlets have become notorious for uber-left, sloppy reportage, but the Jew hatred they have brazenly displayed covering the recent wave of jihad terror in Israel is shocking. Folks, on this channel, we will always support the Jewish people and the Israelites who are very soon to be prophesied to return in mass to Israel, fulfilling the final prophecies. 
A few quick articles that should interest you. Saudis poke the Russian bear. They have started an oil war in Eastern Europe. The calm before the storm. The economic bubble is growing. The world hits its credit limit and the debt market is starting to realize this. America's inevitable revolution and the redistribution fallacy. Folks, there is an inevitable revolution coming. Our politics, culture, education, economics, and even philanthropy are so polarized that the country can no longer resolve its differences. What happens when no one can agree? Folks, it has long been stated that the government of the U.S. is completely insolvent, and this is a 100% true statement. The government's own numbers show the official liabilities, including debt held by the public and federal retirement benefits, total 20, almost $21 trillion. Yet the government's assets, including the value of the entire federal highway system, the national parks, which belong to China, by the way, cash balances, etc., total over $3 trillion. Their total net worth is a negative $17.7 trillion, a level that completely dwarfs the housing crisis. Now the world sits at a very precarious point once again in time. There is a very real possibility as well as an ever-increasing chance one wrong unintended or misunderstood event could trigger an all-out war of global proportions. Yes, I said it, and I don't take it lightly. Currently we sit with events that are expressed by the mainstream media jokesters as having no chance of ever happening or not only happening, they're turning out to be more far dangerous, both in their escalation as well as their speed. Folks, all of this is coming to pass. I highly encourage you to come to ZeroHedge.com and read this article entirely for yourself. Everything is pulling the entire earth, all of the nations, into a single mindset, a single, a singularity and purpose of mind. But it is not the mind of God that is taking place here. Something also very disturbing came to my attention uh, the other day. Strong Cities is a network will be spearheaded by an international steering committee of the cities and local authorities selected from different regions across the globe. Very interesting. I had no idea that Denver was actually a part of this. I had to find out a little more. What is this? Ah, but it's all coming to pass. Sharia law has finally entered into America by everyone screaming for it. The Strong Cities Network aims to connect cities and other local authorities on an international basis to enhance local level approaches to prevent violent extremism including facilitating information sharing, mutual learning, and creation of new and innovative local practices. Let's all face east 
and bow our heads five times a day. This is the implementation of Sharia law across the earth in every nation. One by one, they're all falling in line with this, folks. The Antichrist is, is, is coming, folks. This is it. Lots of other articles. Scientists use brain stimulation to make you stop believing in God. This all goes back to my video, Anti-Soul Vaccinations, uh, The Mark of the Beast and Your Salvation. I hope you can read it. It's in the description box below. And the last UN climate talks ahead of Paris meeting opens in bond. Folks, this is pretty interesting. Christians are becoming state enemy number one. Christians threaten a nation. If you are a sincerely devoted follower of Jesus Christ, Lord Yeshua, your president believes you are a potential domestic terrorist. I do not exaggerate. In a gathering at George Washington University this week, Obama's Assistant Attorney General for National Security, John Carlin, revealed that the Department of Justice is creating a brand new position just to monitor us. The position, Domestic Terrorism Council, will be created to combat the real and present threat of domestic terrorists. And the reason why I have been talking about Ebola so much over the summer and in the beginning of the year is because this was a bioengineered um, release in West Africa of the Ebola virus, which killed lots and lots of people. Folks, there are a lot of rumors going around on the Internet right now, and this one coming out of NBC is verifying these rumors that there are some 13,000 plus people who have supposedly been cured of the Ebola outbreak and it's coming back. It's coming back and Miss Pauline, the nurse with Ebola, is critically ill now in Scotland. Credit Suisse has uh, reported ironically they're complaining that the U.S. has too many millionaires. Oh, yes, socialism on steroids, folks. If you're a multimillionaire and you're watching this newscast, I hate to tell it to you, but you're just as uh, worthless as the rest of us scum <laughs> here in the wor world, uh, working nine-to-fives, blue-collar workers. Oh, yes. The elite don't want you in their little clique. And in Germany, we are facing social unrest. German police union chief demands building of a border fence around Germany. And last article, geoengineering cover-up revealed in lost 1978 government report. A newly surfaced document adds to an already sizable pile of evidence that the U.S. government has been manipulating the weather for many decades. It's a 750 pages. The document of May of 1978 illustrates just how large the geoengineering weather modification cover-up really is. The beginning of the document reads as follow. All right, everyone, that's all I have for today. Remember, the world is not what you've been told. God bless and Maranatha.
Nailed him. 